you really wanna know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into another edition of the Country Roads webcast brought to you by Trio 4 Productions. We are the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics found on the web at almostheavenathletics.com. Here today for our first game preview show of the season as we preview the season opener, the beginning of the Neil Brown era as the West Virginia Mountaineers get set to take on the James Madison Dukes on Saturday, August 31st at 2 o'clock p.m., at Milan Puskar Stadium in Morgantown. Joining me yet again is my co-host, Almost Heaven Ath- Athletics' own Stephen Vestal. What's going on tonight, Stephen? Oh, just having a blast, everybody. How you doing, man? Oh, you know, living it up, living the dream. Got a hurricane bearing down here in Florida, hoping it don't uh, hit my neck of the woods. It's looking like it might miss us and uh, might just get a little storm from it, so hopefully that stays that way. Yeah, definitely praying for you, brother. That's not... Uh... Not stuff to play around with. Especially not when it's, you know, opening week of college football, you know, and it's if the power goes out on Saturday, I'm just I'm gonna lose it, man. I gotta watch these Mountaineers. Yeah, man, I I definitely understand, man. I'm luckily I'm getting to go to the game, but I definitely feel you. I'd I'd hate to be in that spot. They've already had to move one game from down down your way, haven't they? Yeah. Florida yeah. State game? That Florida State, yep. Yeah, they had to mm-hmm. had to do it because of it coming in and stuff. So we'll see how it ends up. You know, pray for everybody involved and and whatnot. Hope it turns out uh, better than than worse. You know, uh, always hard to tell with those natural disasters. But um, having said that, let's uh, let's talk some uh, some James Madison, West Virginia. Uh, before we get into the game specifics and the personnel and stuff, let's talk about uh, West Virginia's depth chart. You know, who's going to be starting for West Virginia? They released it earlier this week. Um, what's your initial thoughts when you saw the depth chart? Just kind of your takeaways uh, from West Virginia's uh, depth chart for the first game of the season. Uh, I liked it for the most part. Um, not really – too many surprises overall. One of the one of the surprises I did notice was Michael Laughlin uh, changing to the tight end position. Yeah, I thought he was going to be more of a slot kind of guy, but he's. Uh, they said that he's really improved on his blocking, or really shown what he can do with his blocking uh, throughout camp. So I, I'm I'm kind of anxious to see what what he does at that position and how that put, turns out. Put on weight too. I think they said he's up over 250 now. 250. Too, so. Yeah, yeah. Quite, quite quite some size for a guy that exactly. I was going to say yeah. the same thing. I think it's it's surprising because you know you know Javani Haskins he was banged up uh you know a little bit through camp but they said he's healthy now and you know I kind of thought maybe it's because you know the little uh, trouble that he got in but you know you haven't heard uh, Neil Brown speak about that being the reason or nothing so I think I mean from you know by the way they're playing it it seems like O'Loughlin just won the starting job there over Haskins at least for the time being anyway. Yeah, which is quite a statement because, I mean, Haskins is, uh, you know, that's a pretty good tight end, I thought. I thought he could put uh, bright signs last year. Yeah, I think, I, you know, I had him going into last season. I had him as one of my breakout players. I thought that he would be the guy to kind of step up. But, of course, he ended up being uh, Wesco, and Wesco really surprised me there. But, I, you know, I think Haskins has the ability to, you know, be a good tight end. You know, he's got the skills athletically and stuff. Maybe, maybe he just needs to improve his blocking a little bit. Maybe that's where – O'Loughlin passed him was just with with the blocking aspect because they said he's been doing a good job of that. Yeah, I mean T.J. Banks also you can't forget about him. He's also uh, he's also right up there with O'Loughlin for that number one spot. They say they see he's uh, competing right there with him. Giovanni Haskins. They say he's got the green light. I guess he's going to play, but he's got two pretty good guys right there with him. I'm hoping I'm hoping that they yeah, can. Prove themselves, you know, both red shirt, red shirt freshmen. So they still got. Exactly. I wouldn't show be surprised to see all three get on the field. Yeah, but I think you're going to see that with a lot of positions. Oh yeah, absolutely. Not you know, just the tight end. <laughs> and I, I think one of the more a surprising thing that I saw was, you know, at safety they talked about Jake Long moving to safety, and at neither position did he show up on 
on the safety depth chart. You know, he wasn't at the cat safety, he wasn't at the free safety. And they asked Neil Brown about injuries, and he said, Deshaun Miller's really the only person that's injured, so Jake Long's not injured. So I'm kind of curious what's going on with that situation for him not to even be listed on the depth chart and, you know, thought that he was going to be a contributor this year. So a little curious there, and that was one of the surprising things that stuck out to me. Yeah, that is surprising to me. And Quantel Reigns, too, right there with uh, Giovanni Stewart. That, yeah, I like that. I like that a little bit. But one thing that's interesting to me is this Quantel Reigns or bon, uh, Dante Bonamico. Yeah, that's that's or. surprising. Yeah, that's what I said. Because, you know, I figured it would be Quantel Reigns for sure right there in that second spot. But uh, Bonamico must have pressed, you know, once he moved there to the spear position. But, you know, I like. Quantel Reigns and uh, Giovanni Stewart because I think it gives you the options of different different body types. You know, if they're playing like a receiver, more of a passing team, you might want Stewart out there. But then if you're playing a team that wants to pound the rock and run it a little bit more, you can put Quantel Reigns and his bigger size in there possibly and, you know, can have a good matchup no matter who, who or what you're facing. Yeah, and I like Giovanni Stewart. I think he did really well last year, you know, switching from the safety position all the way down there at linebacker, you know, yeah. coming in for all those injured guys. Absolutely. And, it, you know, it's really, I think it's really going to help him with this new position, the spear position in this defense, because it's kind of a linebacker safety hybrid position. And that's the two uh, positions that he's played and getting experience at linebacker last year actually may help him going into this year with that new position. I think he's tailor made for that, uh, for that position. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I think, you know, the one other, a couple other things that stuck out to me was uh, two slot receivers. You know, they I think the initial depth chart in the spring, they just had one, but now they had a, a wide receiver uh, listed as a slot position with Tevin Bush, and then they had a separate slot position with T.J. Simmons, which I think is kind of interesting, you know, that they uh, added another slot position. I expected T.J. Simmons to move to the inside uh, once some guys stepped up on the outside, which ended up being uh, Sam James and Sean Ryan. So I think that that just kind of gives you options there. You know, if you go four wide, you'll probably see all four of those guys. But I think it's similar to the Giovanni Stewart, uh, Quantel Reigns situation on defense that you can play T.J. Simmons, you know, depending on the matchup in the slot, or you can play the smaller, uh, more shifty Tevin Bush in the slot, depending on the matchup. Yeah, I like the versatility right there. And I think one of the things uh, you you heard a lot about Alec Sinkfield getting the slot position, you know, looks in the in the fall camp. Um, he didn't come out on, in the game one stars on the slot depth chart. He came out fourth on the running back depth chart. Yeah, that's it's it's interesting. I, I think that you'll still you'll still see him uh, move out there at times, but I think that he's going to be. I think they're going to use him one way, one way or the other. Whether they put him in the backfield or they, or they split him out at times. I think they have some uh, things designed specifically for him, or, or at least I hope they do. Because after, after all the uh, talk that we've heard about, you know, him and his ability, I think that would be uh, good to see to see Sinkfield have some plays designed, you know, to get him the ball in space. Oh, I'd definitely love to see it. I think that uh, the way that Neil Brown's going to run his offense, I think that. You know he's got some tricks up his sleeve. He's not, he's not the laid back kind of guy that everyone thinks that he is when it comes to playing football games. Oh, absolutely. He's he's uh, he's a bit of a riverboat gambler himself. You know uh, more than people realize. And you know I'm just excited to see um, what he's like. You know coaching during a game. You know it's just, it's going to be nice. Not even you know just because you have Mountaineer football back, but it's you're going to get to see a lot of things for the first time. You're going to see what his offense looks like, what this defense looks like, how he coaches throughout the game, his demeanor. Um, you know, is he going to take chances? You know, everything. It's just it's really exciting with all the unknowns and just to see how it's going to all unfold. Yeah, and that's one of the things I love about it. I mean, what I think that the JMU matchup for this Saturday is probably the perfect matchup to bring in uh, the new era for Neil Brown because. If you look at it, I mean, we're playing an FCS opponent, but you, you're playing an FCS opponent that's one of the tops in in the entire country in their in you know in their league. Oh yeah. So, you know that that alone should get your guys hyped up. I think our guys aren't going to have a problem with getting you know up for this game. They're not going to overlook this opponent. And so I think uh, I think that not one person is sleeping on this game. Everyone's everyone's jacked up about this man. All the fans, all the players. I just uh, I can't wait. Absolutely, sellout crowd. It's gonna be it's gonna be great atmosphere. So, um, let's get into it then. Uh, let's talk a little James Madison, West Virginia. 
James Madison. They are going to be ranked number two or number one nationally in the FCS, depending on which poll you look at. Head coach Kurt Signetti, the son of Frank Signetti, former West Virginia head coach prior to Don Nealon. Uh, Kurt Signetti actually played for WVU. He graduated from Morgantown High, graduated from WVU, so there's some ties there. It's going to be his first season at James Madison as well. He was previously the head coach at Elon, has a 67-26 and overall record as a head coach. Offensive coordinator at James Madison, also in his first year, is Shane Montgomery. He was previously the offensive coordinator at Charlotte in 2018 and Youngstown State from 2010 to 2017 before that. And then, of course, the defensive coordinator also in his first year, and he was previously the defensive coordinator at Maine where they had a very nice defense, and that is Corey Hetherman. So um, let's talk about when the Mountaineers are on defense first, a little bit about uh, what what can we expect when the Mountaineers are on defense. Um, what what do you think we're going to see when the Mountaineers are on defense? Not only their scheme, but possibly you know some of the key players and things to watch for on on James Madison's offense while West Virginia is on defense. Uh, well, I fully expect them to go uh, to the air very early because of uh, just because of their experience and everything. I know they're missing Riley Stapleton. That's a big uh, that was a pretty big loss from the way he oh, yeah. played last year. Uh, but I think Bentonucci is pretty confident in his arm. I think his receivers that he still has are out, that are out there are pretty confident in what they can do. Uh, they know what West Virginia's looking like on that on the defensive side of the ball, you know, and their youth and their lack of depth. Um, so I, I expect them to throw the ball early. Uh, I do expect West Virginia to uh, push back a little bit, though. I think our defensive line gets a strong push early. I think uh, our size – should should be a pretty good overmatch for them because uh, when I looked at it the other day, our aver- by average by uh, on the team, we uh, we outweigh them by fifty three pounds. Wow! So that's a pretty big uh, you know pretty big guys that, are doing, that James Madison's oh, yeah. going to have to push. You know, as good as they might be, still FCS. You know, you still got to play the big boys. Absolutely, I, I agree with you. I think that it's. Um, you know, I think James Madison is going to have a solid offense. Um, you know, you mentioned Ben DiNucci, and, you know, he's a redshirt senior. I think that this James Madison offense is loaded with a, a good amount of Division One transfers that have come to James Madison, and one of those being Ben DiNucci, who's been around now. He's going to be a redshirt senior, you know, six foot three, 210-pound guy. Um, and, you know, if West Virginia needs any more added motiv- motivation, he did play for Pitt prior, you know, started about six games for Pitt earlier in his career. So, you know, just if you need a little uh, – transitive backyard brawl action or something right there you know but uh you know other than that I'm, I'm with you I think they got some talented receivers I think that uh the Dean guy uh six foot two 180 redshirt sophomore you know he's a freshman last year had 617 yards and five TDs as a redshirt freshman so you know he's probably improved and going to be there and then I think the Polk kid the uh five foot nine 175 pounder also a senior you know he was a transfer from Penn State and actually played for Penn State in 2017 and made some plays for them. So he's another guy that can that can make plays on that offense, you know, and when they try and push the ball, I think that's going to be the two guys and they're trying to get that pass game going like you were saying. But then I also think that they're going to be very uh, solid in the run game, which, you know, West Virginia is supposed to be uh, – going to be good at stopping the run. I think they're going to need to be in this game because I think that uh, Kurt Signetti, if he'd had his druthers, he would like to run the ball a lot. I don't know if he'll be able to um, initially with the personnel he has at James Madison, but I know overall that's kind of what he'd like to do with his system. But I I expect him to try and establish the run nonetheless, and they have – Four solid running backs, um, one of which was actually a starter at UCF in the past. So, like I said, this offense loaded with Division One transfers, and I think that they've got the talent to make some plays, and West Virginia's defense is going to have to step up, uh, especially possibly that that young secondary, and, and be ready to go against this James Madison offense because this isn't your typical uh, FCS uh, opponent. You know, they're, they're top-notch, and they're probably going to be a team that can compete for a national championship at that FCS level this year. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, that's a lot of the reason that you said that, or that, sorry, that's a lot of the reason Neil Brown said that uh, we're going to be seeing, you know, four to five true freshmen playing in the secondary. Oh, yeah. You know, so uh, we're going to test the waters early. We're going to get those guys in there and see, you know, what they've got. But um, I, I like I like our chances, man. I, I, think, uh, I think we've got a pretty good defense despite how young we are. But 
Oh yeah, I'm I'm with you. And you know, like Neil uh, Neil Brown said, he wants to get those guys. He'd like to, you know the freshmen that are going to play those youngsters, those four or five guys. You know, the Nick Choi Fortunes, the Tay Mayos, the Taki Smiths, Kerry Martin Jr. Those guys in the secondary they're going to play. He wants to get those guys in early rather than late when you know it's a pressure situation, and then they have to make their debut. So I think that you're going to see these guys get into this game early, and I think that that's a good strategy to have is you know get them in there, let them get their feet wet, so they're not going in you know when it's make or break time they can kind of uh you know take their lumps early maybe and then uh be ready to go late in the game uh, and you know uh just continue to get better as the game goes long as they get more comfortable uh to the college game yeah and i hear a lot of people talking about the last time that we uh or not the most recent time that we played jmu but the last time that we played them in morgantown which was uh 2004 i believe mm-hmm. yep. kj harris and that squad uh you know thinking back on that game i remember specifically from that game uh you know not the fact that you know JMU went to win, went on to win the national championship that year, and you know, but West right. Virginia won forty-five to ten that game. Pac-Man Jones in an interview after that game talked about how they played so horrible, and they still won forty-five to ten. And and they against they played horrible. And against the national championship, uh, you know, James Madison opponent, and you know, at. Things like that kind of make you feel a little a little better because this is the type of game that I you know I as a fan I'm a little nervous about because you know people talk upsets and you know this is a highly ranked FCS opponent West Virginia's never lost to an FCS team and you know with the inexperience West Virginia has everyone thinks they're they're right for the picking but you know you got to think that the talent discrepancy is great enough that if West Virginia does what they're supposed to do they should be able to you know wear these guys down as the game goes along and, and be able to pull away in in the second half of the game hopefully at least that's what that's what you'd like to see and what you what you kind of expect when you're talking FBS versus uh, FCS. Uh, that's what I. That's what I expect. Uh, I, I don't. I. I think that it will be a good game. I don't think that it'll be a blowout in the second half, like a lot of fans would like to see it. I think. I, I do. I do think that it'll be a little bit not of a not a shootout, but you know, back and forth brawl. I'd like to see. You know. Absolutely. You know, they've got some good. <laughs> they've got some good guys, man. Oh, I've been they, looking at their got squad. A they've got team. a squad. And, and the thing is that a lot of their players are either juniors or seniors. You know, they're they're experience. they're experienced guys that have been there, and and you know they've they've played F- FBS. They almost beat NC State uh, last year. You know, at NC State, and that was a good good NC State team. You know, so it, they're going to be ready to play. They're not going to you know can't take these guys lightly. But I think you know what Neil Neil Brown made the point that when you got a team that like the one Washington has this year with the guys that haven't really played a lot they're, they're ready to go you know they're not really going to overlook anybody because they haven't been there they haven't done that yet they're just they're just ready to play the game they don't care who the opponent is so i think you have that as a as a positive that uh these guys aren't really going to overlook this fcs team just because they're an fcs team because they're they're eager to play and get out there and, and make plays regardless of who the opponent would be yeah exactly and i mean plus you got a, you got a sold out crowd for the first game and i mean i know west virginia's got a pretty good track record of uh, you know, have, have pretty good turnouts at at opening games, but you know, when in, in terms of games like this, to sell it out as quickly as they did, uh, that's a statement, man. I think if you're a player and you see that, that's got to get you jacked up, man. You got to be ready to go after you see something like that, and especially once you get into the stadium and you see all the fans in the stands, you know, that was oh, my adrenaline running. Right? You know, I. Me being in the you know in the stands every time you know it just gets my blood going you know my blood going just seeing seeing all the oh, pageantry of it. Oh, for sure, and and you know it's it's gonna it, it would be be rocking regardless. But I mean, you got to think of all the you know you got a un, unknown team, you got new uniforms they're gonna be wearing, you got a whole new coach and staff. So I think it's just gonna be extra like extra uh, excitement going on in Morgantown uh, th- this weekend for this game, and it should definitely be a raucous crowd and really rocking there in uh, Milan Puskar Stadium. But uh, having said that, let's let's flip it over. Let's talk when the Mountaineers are on offense. Um, let's talk a little bit about the James Madison defense and uh, maybe what we kind of expect to see West Virginia do um, offensively. What do you think in here on on this side of the ball, Stephen? No, I think I like uh, I like West Virginia to try to run the ball a lot mm-hmm. uh, early. Anyway, I think we'll try to establish a run game pretty early with Kennedy McCoy and Martell. Uh, 
But I also like to see him go over the top a little bit, man. I like Sam James and Sean Ryan. You know, as soon as Sean oh, yeah. got, as soon as Sean Ryan gets eligible, you know, you shoot, it, you see his name shoot right there to the top of jet. To, uh, good lord, can't talk tonight. <laughs> uh, to the top of the depth chart. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm excited about him, man. I know you like Sam James. I'm really got. The more I watch uh, film and the more I study Sean Ryan, man, I, I really like what that kid's got. No, I, I agree with you. I think it's gonna be, it's it's gonna be it's really good that they got him and, um, and that he's you know starting right away. And I think that it gives you you know two different ways to attack a defense with your outside receivers. You know you got one guy with speed that can burn them, and then you've got another guy that can go up and high point the ball and, and be physical with with strong hands. So you know e- either one of them can make big plays and they can do it do it in different ways. Not to say that Sean Ryan doesn't have speed, not to say that Sam James can't go up and get the ball, but just you know body type and and, athlete, and you know, the kind of the way that they're built. You got two different uh, styles uh, of players there on the outside. Right, and then don't forget about Tevin Bush right there on the inside. You know, you got him, oh, yeah. and you got the T.J. Simmons, and all the, and you know those other, those other pieces. So, you know, I think our wide receiver core isn't as bad as what it's perceived to be. You know, you got some guys that haven't played really before, but you've also got some really good transfers. You got some guys coming back like T.J. Simmons and Tevin Bush, uh, Michael Lachlan, who's even though you know he didn't play last year that much or at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think that's a pretty, pretty strong core of guys coming back this year. So I think that's something, a good foundation, a good foundation to build on. It's good that Austin Kendall has some guys that, more or less, he's got good uh, communication with. And that, you know, they you hear that Austin Kendall uh, has been more vocal in, in practice since he's been, you know, oh, yeah. received the starting position. I, like I love that man. That that shows you that he's really accepted accepted the position of being a leader. And uh, that's what you want out of your quarterback if you're going to go out and be successful. Absolutely. You know, I agree with you. I think Washington has a has a lot of unproven guys, but I think they have a lot of potential playmakers that could really uh, make some big plays. You know, Sam James, Sean Ryan, we talked about those guys. Tevin Bush mentioned him a little bit, T.J. Simmons. And then I think, you know, all, all four of the running backs have – you know, capability to make uh, good plays. And I think, you know, Sinkfield's a guy that can uh, really make plays in space, big plays. You're only going to have him returning punts this year as well. He can make some, make an impact there. So I think there's a lot of playmakers along this offense. And I think that, um, you know, as long as they can get the ball to the guys in space and everything holds up, um, you know, the big question mark right now on the offense, of course, is the, is the offensive line and how they're going to gel. And of course, that quarterback with Austin Kendall, um, having said that, um, talking about that offensive line a little bit uh you know the four spots are solidified you got um left tackle you got colton mckivitz left guard mike brown's there josh still sliding over to center taking that role right tackle and then at right guard you got chase barrett and and um john hughes they're probably going to be splitting time at that right guard position um how do you feel about this offensive line and do you think that they're capable uh enough for West Virginia to establish a run game and to, you know, give Austin Kendall the time that he needs to uh, get the ball to the playmakers. <laughs> for this game or the rest of the season? <laughs> That's the question. I mean, uh, I don't, you know, you know, it, it, for, for this game, you just, I, I think that the, I, I, I'm just going to say I hope that they improve as the season goes along because I think here in this first game, it, you know, you might you might have, you know, a couple mishaps. You might have, you know, you got Josh Steele yeah. snapping for the first time. You might have a, an errant snap. You know, you got those guys at right guard that haven't really played. You got Mike Brown at left guard that hadn't really played. I think that they may have, you know, a couple a couple hitches in the first game, but you just got to hope they improve as the game goes along and then, of course, as the season goes along as well. That's, that's really what you can hope for. I hope this unit gels. Yeah, well, no, I, I like our chances in this game with them. I think that, you, like I said, man, we outweigh them by 53 pounds. That kind of size, that you get a good push off the line. Oh, absolutely. You know, you should anyway. If you let a guy smaller than you like that overpower you on that many sides. But, no, I, I like our chances on the offensive line. Um, th- there's just so many question marks, man. You know, yeah, as it's... high as everybody's been up on Michael Brown through camp, you know, there's still – he hasn't played. He hasn't played. He's, you don't well, know what exactly. he can do. And, it, and it's one thing to, 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 you know, go through the reps and in practice do it. But when you when you get into the game, it's a whole a whole different scenario. There's been many players that look great in practice and in the games not, not been the same type of performer. So, you know, you, not not saying that that's going to be him, but that's, you know, it's, it's always a possibility when, you're, when you haven't really played. I mean, if it's not him, which I'm, I'm not speaking that I want it to be him, 
But if it's not him, could it be John Hughes? Could it be Chase Barron? Could it be yeah, exactly. Are we going to see the Kelby Wick line from last year in the Oklahoma State game when it yeah. cost us the game? Are we going to see a new, improved Kelby Wick line? Well, I mean, the- you know what Josh Seals, you know what Colby, you know Colton McKivitz have. They, they're proven. They're NFL guys. Absolutely. Unless they come out and absolutely flop this year. I mean, surprise everybody. We know what they got. But it's these other guys that and the, big question well, the, the thing, you know, that just kind of gives you a little bit of a nervous, anxious feeling is last year West Virginia's offensive line was relatively solid except for one spot, and it was that right guard spot where you kept seeing, you know, different guys start, you know, multiple games, different guys getting in there trying to, you know, find a guy that could fit at that right guard spot. And, you know, it, it worked for a while, but then when you hit Iowa State, Iowa State knew that right guard, and, you know, all those blitzes came in right at that right guard, ate the quarterback up. I think Will Greer took about seven or eight sacks in that game. So just not having that right guard solidified again this year, and you're not even that it's right guard, but just that you have that one spot that could be a weak spot, you know, that's something that defenses could potentially attack. So I hope that one of those guys really steps up and, you know, jails in there because I don't want to see, you know, something similar to that that kind of makes me leery of the fact that they still kind of haven't really found locked down that right guard spot. Yeah, that's it. Uh... I'm very skeptical about it. I'm not going to lie. I think that the uh, the offensive line has been the biggest question mark for me throughout camp. I don't. I think a lot of the fans may have focused on the quarterback position, you know, a little too hard. But uh, the offensive line has been that scared me ever since the beginning of the off season. <laughs> Let's just say that because I knew absolutely. I'm right know, there with what, you. I knew all the stuff we were losing on our offense, but I knew also, you know, our offensive line didn't perform that great at times last year and we lost a lot of key guys you know mm-hmm. like Yannick and Justin those guys so uh, absolutely and you know it's you can have you can have the best playmakers in the world the fastest players in the world but you know if you don't got an offensive line then it's not really gonna it's not really gonna mean much if they can't yeah, open up, up the holes brother. exactly always gotta and you know the one thing that I think uh, is good for West Virginia is, you know, McKivitz I think is a good tackle, and I think Wickline has the potential to be a good tackle, and I think especially in this game, you're going to need those guys to perform well when you look at the JMU defense, and they have two very solid defensive ends, uh, one being Rondell Carter, six foot three, 269-pound redshirt senior, you know, 13 tackles for a loss last year, seven and a half sacks, and he's a bigger guy. He's good against the run as well. And then on the other side, they have John da- John Daka, six foot two, 227-pound senior, you know, a bit undersized, but he really is quick off that line. You know, he had 17 tackles for a loss last year, Stephen, and 10 sacks. So I think both those defensive ends are talented, so you're going to need the yeah, tackles bro. to really play well in this game. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I absolutely, And Dimitri Holloway? Not even going to mention him, man. Like that's another guy. I mean, we uh, they the got linebackers some players stuff, they on that defense out. as man, well. They got yeah. some stout guys. I get. I heard a guy. I'm not really. I'm not really sure if I remember who. Uh, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Oh yeah, I'm, <laughs> right there. I, I'm listening. I, I, I'm listening to a podcast this morning on the way to work, and I hear a guy uh, close to the JMU program that says five starters on the JMU defense could start for WVU's defense. Oh, yeah. You know, they that's have. That's a number. You know what I mean? Thinking about the, the jump from SES to FBS, what what it's supposed to or what it's – or, yeah, what it's supposed to be, the difference of that's, oh, yeah. that's pretty, that's saying that's something. Big. Well, I mean, and even Neil Brown said in his press conference that, you know, if you're going by NFL draft grades right now, that they have more NFL – Guys projected, you know, be NFL players on that on their defense than, than West Virginia does. So, you know, they they've got some guys on this defense. You know, you look at a you look at the guy like uh, Rashad Robinson, the corner. You know, he sat out last season with the injury. A turf toe kept him out all year. But the year prior, he was an All American, and now he's coming back for his senior year this year. So, you know, that's a guy they got a lot of faith in. And then they got a, that safety, Adam Smith, another senior, second leading tackler last year, also had three interceptions. So, you know, in the secondary, they're strong too. They got some players back there. Oh yeah, man. They got every player strong. I don't. I don't think that you could look at any position across the board on their whole entire team, offense, defense, special teams. That they don't have. I think the the youngest player they have starting is a sophomore, and they might have one or two. Oh yeah, they They're have twenty. Well, they, very experienced. They have twenty of twenty-two starters back. Mm-hmm. Nineteen, if you take away Riley Stapleton. 
Exactly. And then, yeah, and, then you well, also then you can throw Rod- Rashad Robinson in there, and because he, you know, he was yeah. a starter before without out last year. So you know, even though he's not a returning starter, he kind of is. Uh, yeah, and that's who replaces Jimmy Moreland. Oh yeah, well, he's, he's with Jimmy the Redskins. Moreland did last year. Yeah, and now you know he's he's probably going to make the Redskins roster. You know, seventh round draft pick, and uh, you know, so they they've done solid there. I think the one thing you know, despite these players all being very experienced, I think the fact that they're also enduring a coaching staff change and they're having a first year coordinator on both sides of the ball and, you know, first year position coaches in a lot of spots and a first year head coach kind of not necessarily negates that experience, but they're having to uh, probably learn some different things and, and change the way that they've done some things as, as well. So despite being experienced, they're still kind of uh, learning and finding their groove with, with new systems as well, probably. Yeah. I think if anything, you know, West Virginia has the advantage in that effect because of, you know, West Virginia gets a whole new coaching staff. They have a whole new team. We got all freshmen and sophomores pretty yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. You, you don't have to worry about breaking bad habits or anything. You're training the guys from the beginning to do things the way you want to do. You don't have to worry about, you know, breaking bad habits or, or changing them the way that they, you know, go go through the process. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, you go to somewhere like J, like JMU, and it's kind of like, you know, teaching old dog, an old dog new tricks. Exactly. You know, you've got, you know, a whole new coaching staff with a bunch of seniors and juniors who played – for another coaching staff. Now, I mean, I'm not saying that that takes away how good they are or how talented they are, but that does affect how a team plays football. That that affects anyone. I don't care who you are, unless you're the Miami Hurricanes in the 90s and you just win with any head coach, but that's just <laughs> – oh, yeah. those are the, the days of old. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's, you know, the old, the old days, you know, yeah. back, in the, back in the 90s that you was prospering and, and things like that, and then, you know – I, I, you know, speaking I of the I'm U, endorsing thought, the U, by the way. Fellas. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, speaking of the U, you know, they, they wanted to get out the Big East move to the ACC because they thought they were great. And, hey, they've, they sure won a lot of ACC titles, haven't they, man? Oh, uh, yeah. They, they've been prospering over there in the West. <laughs> Let me tell you. I've seen that sign uh, that uh, – when uh, Miami and Florida was playing last week, that sign it said uh, somebody somebody's holding up. It said Florida and Miami have the exact same uh, number of ACC titles. How <laughs> <laughs> fun it must be uh, for you to live down in that land! <laughs> oh, for sure, man, for sure. Yeah, well, you know, I had I, you know I was pulling you know I was pulling for pulling for the Gators. You know, it was a sloppy game, but it was entertaining as heck, man. I I, I loved watching. It. I had a really oh, good time. No, no it. doubt, it was. I had fun watching it, but. If, if I'm a head coach for either of those teams, oh yeah, it was, I am, it was rough tackling, I'm terrible horse, tackling. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, it was yeah, bad. not pretty, not pretty, but fun to watch for fans, I guess. Yeah, it was entertaining at least, but yeah, it's sloppy for sure. All right, so um, a little just as far as West Virginia's offense, you know, we talked a little bit about the personnel. Um, what's, what about scheme wise? I mean, do you think this offense is going to look drastically different than what we've seen the past eight years, or do you think it's going to be somewhat similar? Uh, what do you think Neil Brown's going to be bringing to the table with some of some of his offense? And, you know, what do you think maybe are some of the tricks he has up his sleeve with his offense, if any? Uh, I, I think you see a lot of passing still. I think once we get the receivers uh, settled in, and I think you, Austin Kendall gets settled into game action, because I think, you know, Austin Kendall's going to be ready to go from the I jump. I think so, too. You know, he's played behind – yeah, it's well documented who's played behind Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, you know, two Heisman Trophy contenders, winners. Uh, he's going to be ready to go. He's ready to get on the field, man. Uh, but I think once you get these young receivers, as talented as they are, ready to go, you know, game three, game four, you start seeing – you're going to see Kennedy run the ball a lot. I think just so. Just because you have, you have the stable of backs, you got to use them. But you got to go through the air. You're playing in the Big 12 Conference – you got to go through the air. I don't think that there's that much. It's it's not going to be as much as the air raid offense. We're not going to see that because it's not as you know. I don't if, think that's. If I could liken it to an offense recently, I think that like the most similar offense that we've seen that I think this offense will kind of somewhat resemble is that 2016 West Virginia offense when they had Skylar Howard. And I think because yeah. I, th- I think you're going to see, you know, a lot of runs. And I think you could see some quarterback runs and read options and things like that. But mix that in with play action passes and deep shots uh, downfield, kind of like that offense did and how they made made their hay. I think this offense could do that as well. And, you know, I think that, you know, you've heard about them working wildcat packages with Kennedy McCoy, which he's done that in the past. But I wouldn't be surprised to 
see some packages for Trey Lowe. You know, they may not break that out this game, or, or they might, but I think that uh, Trey Lowe may have some packages in here, you know, that Neil Brown has up his sleeve. Yeah, I think that he's noted that before in the press conferences. Uh, I think that you you will see Trey Lowe a lot this year. Not Well, not a lot. You're going to see him, you know, throughout some of the games. He's, he's going to play, I think, yeah. He, he'll play. He'll play. He, they, the kid's too fast and too versatile. The, what, the one thing I think that Trey Lowe – the thing that's keeping him out right now is his decision-making. I think that that was one of the things that set him apart from Jack Allison in terms of being the number two and number three guys. Right. Uh, you know, and that's just being young. You know, that's just being – Yeah, it'll he, come with experience. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't, yeah. he hasn't really played. You know, even when he played in the in the Camping World Bowl, he came in, he ran that quarterback draw, and then he lined up a receiver. So, I mean, he hasn't really played as a quarterback really yet. Yeah, I know. And he – once he learns how to deal with pressure, because you know he came into you come into the game, you do like you play how he did, and then you know you got all these fans trumping at the bit, you know, calling for your head and, and everything, which I I think is disgusting, by the way. Oh, you, know, you give it, yeah. you know, you give a kid half a quarter to play football, and then you you know you talk crap about him on social media or whatever. <laughs> that's, you know, that's that's the culture. The you world know, of college like, football it's, fans. It's, it's what yeah. it's what have you done for me lately? You can love exactly. you today, hate you tomorrow. Exactly, so. Man. Uh, patience is key, but uh, no, I like I like Trey. I, try, I like Trey Low in the future. I think once he uh, once he learns how to once he learned how to run a system and the right, he learned he's known he he's got the system down from what I hear. He's just got to learn how to make better decisions. Absolutely, and, you know, I think Austin Kendall's Austin Kendall's you know got some sneaky athleticism that I think people uh, don't really realize, and you know they may may see him. Uh, have a few runs in this game against James Madison, but I think, you know, um, all in all, people that watched um, Austin Kendall in the spring game are going to be pleasantly surprised by the Austin Kendall they see on Saturday. 100% healthy Austin Kendall. A lot more time in the system. He's going to be greatly improved. I, I think Austin Kendall's going to have a good game Saturday. Yeah, I mean, last year Austin Kendall was right down to the wire from getting the starting position for Kyler Murray, and I don't, that speaks volumes. Uh, if you haven't seen what Kyler Murray did last year, you know, that's a, that's just exactly, something yeah. in and of itself, you know, and Austin Kendall is right there with him right up until, you know, three weeks before kickoff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that I like the decision that they went with to, to go with Austin Kendall. I don't think anyone thought it was going to be anybody else. Right. Uh, like I said earlier, I think he's going to be chomping at the bit ready to go. And, uh, like you said, man, pleasantly surprised is what I'm yeah. hoping to see. Night, I think it's gonna be night and day difference from what from what he looked like in the spring game. Yeah, I think I'm, I don't want to, you know, go out on a limb, but I think West Virginia might come out and uh, and surprise some people on offense. You know, a lot of people are thinking so. our defense is gonna take the show on the defensive line. You could have uh, you could have some Mountaineer touchdowns like we had last year. I hope so. I'm I'm excited to see, excited Probably to see not. what they do. It's, it might be wishful thinking. Hey, yeah, it could be. That's the thing. It's it's unknowns right now. You know, it's You're we don't know. You know, it's just it's all speculation right now until we see this this team what they can do because a lot of new faces, new staff, new faces, new uniforms, new everything. New everything. New era. <laughs> all right, let's uh, jump over. Let's talk about X Factor. Um, X Factor for this game. Um, who is it going to be? What is it going to be? That is the X factor um, for West Virginia in this game that you think is going to really make a difference, um, you know, when it comes to uh, the final outcome. Uh, I think it's got to be for me, the offensive line. I think as many question marks as you have right there, uh, you know, all those guys that haven't proven themselves and everything like that, that's got to be the difference maker for me. I think West Virginia gets a good uh, push up front. That that's going to set the tone. You know, you get a good running game established early, then you go over top. You know, that sets the tone. That for me has got to be the difference maker. I, I, I can see that for sure. You know, I think the offensive line is going to play a big part in this game, and and how quickly they can gel and 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 how they look. You know, from the beginning. But um, for me, X factor wise, um, you know, I probably sound like a broken record, but uh, Sam James. That's that's my X factor. I think. Uh, but I, I, for for good reason, you know, not just because I love the guy. I think he's gonna have a great year, and, I, and I'm God's really excited good. to see what he can do. He's God's he's gonna good. be a good player. But I think that uh, James Madison's gonna try and stop the run, and I think that 
they're they have you know they're not going to be afraid to leave their corners on islands. I think you know their defensive coordinator, the new one, has shown tendency to do that in the past. James Madison has shown a tendency to do that in the past, and I think they may leave those corners on an island a lot, man to man, no safety help, and I think that that's really going to be. Um, have Sam James's eyes lighten up and I think that he's going to have a chance you know an opportunity to go over the top and use his speed to uh make some big plays in this game if uh James Madison does leave those corners on an island which I feel like they will do some throughout this cha- throughout this game and if they do the x factor could be if Sam James can get behind him or not you know could make a big difference yeah I like that I like that a lot uh, I think another thing uh that I like to see as a difference maker not really a lot of people are talking about special teams. Oh I yeah. Like, I like our special teams unit. I like too. I like their special teams unit. I think they have good special <laughs> teams too. They they have good they special do, teams. They do. They do. But I, I, the, the fact that we got shot, Josh Groudon, big Josh Groudon from LSU. Is huge. That's a big graduate transfer. Evan Staley, you know, missing field goals throughout camp. Um, they say that he's not missing hardly any now. You know, he's got somebody back there to experience holding the ball consistently. Uh, not only that, I think um, Josh Ground's ability to pin the ball inside the five-yard line could help West Virginia a lot. Yeah. I think that flip the field. That's yeah, that hitting mean, yardage. That, you know? that that in and of itself can change a ball game like that. I've seen it several times throughout the years watching West Virginia football. Those kind those kinds of special teams players. Think back to the LSU game playing in Morgantown. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, Brad Brad Wing. Yep, Brad Wing, and you know, of course, oh. the of course the uh, Mo Claiborne kick that you know broke our back. <laughs> yeah, let's, the kick uh, return there. You know, we're gonna go there. The stadium, uh, I wasn't gonna you know? say it. I wasn't gonna say it. You just, <laughs> Listen, you know, we're talking special teams. I had to, I had to throw it in there. Everyone remembers. Talk about remembers that pick game too. <laughs> hey, we will uh, not speak of that. It's uncharted territory. We won't go there. It's a different. We will time. not speak of that. It's a different time. But you know, you know, special teams. I think will will play a part. You know, if you look at the last eight years, I mean, you don't, you don't. There's no way to hide. You know, West Virginia didn't emphasize special teams. It was a struggle for them. You know, the past eight years. You know, West Virginia hasn't ran a punt return back since Tavon Austin in 2012, and I think that. Uh, Neil Brown's really put an emphasis on special teams all around, you know, kicking, punting, and I think the return game is going to be much improved as well. You got Sam James back on kick returns. That's going to be that could be uh, some good potential there. And I think Alex Sinkfield is the team's punt returner. I really like that too as well. So I think that special teams um, is going to be much improved for West Virginia this year. And I think you could see some big plays. You know, um, Troy when Neil Brown was at Troy, they ran several kicks and several punts back. So you know, you know, that could be some potential excitement there for the fans as well. Yeah, I actually can see it. And I like the fact that they've got Alex Sinkfield back there returning punts. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that uh, we will necessarily get over 25 yards uh, in total in the in the punt return game this Saturday. But I think as season goes on, you'll see it improve. Uh, I, I, that's one of the things that I've missed during the Dana Holgerson era. You haven't really seen – you know, you've seen Tavon Austin, uh, you know, take back punts back in his day. And he used you know – Oh yeah, of course. Y'all know what kind of returner he was, but that was all Tavon. But I mean, if you think of, we 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 went through a string of uh, punt returners back, you know, in the mid two thousands that were pretty doggone good. You know, you had Pac Man Jones back there at one point. You got Vaughn Rivers back there at one point. You know, oh, yeah. all those guys. I remember oh. every time they got back there, I was thinking, oh, they're going to take one back. Oh, this is a perfect time to take them. They had the one. potential. All of them had the potential, and you, know, you haven't really had any of those guys, uh, you know, back there in the, the past. Like you said, since Tavon, I haven't seen anyone come close to having that kind of potential. And so I'm hoping Neil Brown's um, enthusiastness, uh, I don't know if that's even the right word. It sounds good. It sounds enthusi- good. Enthusiastic. I don't know if it's a word or not, but I like it. Uh, we're going we're gonna to roll with it, folks. Uh, <laughs> his emphasis on special teams, uh, that I, I love that. I think that's one thing West Virginia's been missing. I think it's one thing that'll help West Virginia this season. Absolutely, you know, it's a whole, it's one third of the game. You know, your offense, defense, special teams. It's a whole third that you know West Virginia's kind of neglected. So you know, it can only can only uh, be positive for you going forward. So, um, so let's talk about X Factor. Let's talk uh, key to victory. What is the uh, key to victory for West Virginia in this game? I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and go. I'll go first on this one since you went first last time, and I'll I'm gonna go ahead and say. Sh- 
strong or at least adequate, sufficient secondary play is the key to victory for me. West Virginia has to have, you know, at least sufficient secondary play. You know, I wrote strong secondary play because that's what you hope for, but I think it's going to have to at least hold up, you know, be sufficient because, you know, we touched on a little bit earlier playing all those young guys in the secondary and so many freshmen. Um, you got to think that J- James Madison knows that, so they're going to try and, and attack that at some point, you know, maybe early on. But, you know, they're going to definitely try and attack that secondary, I believe. So it, it's if the secondary can hold up and, you know, against JMU and do what, they're, what they need to do and force JMU into the run game, which I think West Virginia's strength is going to be stopping the run, I think West Virginia has a great chance to win the game if their secondary um, holds up and forces JMU to run the ball more and, you know, not give up big plays. I think that uh, that can really, uh, really help lead to the West Virginia victory. So that's the uh, key to victory for me is the secondary play of the Mountaineers. What do you got, Steven? Uh, actually, same, man. I, I had the uh, the exact same thing written down, man. Secondary. It's got to be a big question. It's the biggest question. I know that I said the offensive line was one of the biggest questions, but the secondary is the biggest question. As much as the uh, inexperience that you have on that side of the ball, you uh, – you got to kind of just shake your head at it, kind of. But uh, hopefully, some of these freshmen come in ready to play. I think, I think the JMU's going to go over the top very early mm-hmm. and try to surprise WVU secondary and try to get them, you know, on their feet. So uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully our guys are are ready to play as soon as the ball is kicked off. I think they will be. I think I think we. I like our chances. I, li- I like our chances in the secondary, even though we're young. Uh, I just got a crazy feeling that. Uh, Big Coney's got something up his sleeve, man. I believe that. He's going to put those guys in a position to uh, be successful. And, you know, they're they're somewhat talented. You know, they've got to be or else they wouldn't be, you know, playing them so young. And I think that, you know, you've got guys with potential there. So hopefully they uh, hold up and hopefully they hit the ground running. Um, but so we talked to X Factory. We talked keys to victory. I guess it's uh, it's that time. It's uh, It's prediction time. First one of the season. Um, what do you got for the score in this game? Who wins and uh, by how much? Uh, I think I think early you're going to see JMU uh, get off to a hot start. I think that, it, like I said earlier, it's going to be a back-and-forth brawl. I think you might see a tie game at halftime maybe, maybe you know within three points. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Virginia, by the time, by the end of the third quarter, starts to pull away. I like them 47-30. to 30. Wow, high scoring affair. I like I li- it. I like it to be high score, man. I, you know, you're you're a West Virginia offense. You absolutely are. You're going to score points if you're playing for West Virginia. You got to score points, and I, I could be wrong, but I, I, I like you it, never man. Know. I, I like it. I like the pick. What? I feel comfortable. It came to me in a dream last night. Is that varsity blues? Maybe. It came to me in a dream. No, but... It's original. <laughs> it's original. I like it. All right. All right. You know, I kind of have the same thinking as you. I think that it's going to be close uh, first half. I think West Virginia uh, can wear, I think West Virginia is going to use the run game to wear them down, down late. And uh, I've got, you know, uh, You've got a little bit uh, higher scoring than I do. I think that I like the defense of West Virginia, and I think James Madison has a good defense as well. And, you know, we've talked about the West Virginia offense, you know, might have some hitches uh, in their giddy-up as they try and, you know, get going with a lot of new players. And so I think that it's, I've got a little bit lower scoring than you do. I think the defenses are going to, um, you know, dictate a lot of things at least early. But I think West Virginia's run game, they'll lean on that late and uh, pull away in the end and get the win. And I've got the Mountaineers winning 24-14. to 14. Okay, okay. So quite a bit lower scoring than Yeah, that. yeah. I, I, went the, I went the opposite school. way. I kind of went, you know, first game of the year, I kind of went defense. But I, I see what you're saying. You know, what you're doing, I think is going to score points. But I think that it's going to take, uh, you know, at least maybe a game before they get to where they want to be, to where they can score as much as they want. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope they come out and score 40-something, you know, like you, I, you know, I'd like to see it. Yeah, I hope you're wrong, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I hope that I'm right that West Virginia wins, but I hope that I'm that I'm wrong that it's, you know, a 24-14 to game. I hope, hell, I hope West Virginia wins 52-7, to you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, God. 
I, I want to see a lot of points this week because next week I'm I'm not liking our chances next week. Yeah, that's as a spoiler that's, alert. Yeah, I, you know, I know. I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, but the the thing, you know, if West Virginia does, you know, come out and surprise in that game against Missouri, you know, it might change kind of your outlook on the season a little bit. But, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes in this first game, and then if the, I will say that right, if they beat Missouri, it will tra- it'll change my outlook on the season as much as it changed my outlook in 2006. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there. I, I agree 100. percent You know, I'm just. And I, I'm I'm a little nervous about this James Madison game. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. You know, it's the unknowns. But you know, I, I think I, I'm I'm nervous but confident that West Virginia can win the game. Just hopefully they do win the game. Oh no, I, I I'm nervous about it, but I, I'm confident that we will win the game. I I still like our chances being a, an FCS opponent. Uh, so I like That's, our to continue without so without losing them. Yeah, yeah, keep that undefeated uh, record against the FCS opponents going. Absolutely, brother. All right, so um, I guess that's pretty much it this week. Uh, any final thoughts, Stephen? Uh, no, man. If uh, if there's anybody listening going to the game this weekend, get there early, get loud. Uh, yeah, man, just make it a good good atmosphere and make it a good place to win. Absolutely, give that uh, home field advantage with that sellout crowd. Definitely give those uh, new players and that new staff a boost. Let them know what a sellout in Morgantown can sound like for sure. Yeah, man. All right. So having said that, that will wrap us up with the James Madison preview, our first game preview of the year. We'll be back early next week to recap the things, hopefully recapping a Mountaineer victory and start the Neil Brown era off 1-0. This has been the Country Roads webcast brought to you by Trio 4 Productions. We are the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics, found on the web at almostheavenathletics.com. Like Almost Heaven Athletics on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter at AHAthleticsWV. And as always, follow the podcast page on Twitter at WVU Country Roads. You can listen to the podcast on any platform you choose. We're all over the place. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, you name it, wherever you're taking your podcast, you can find us, like us, share us, uh, subscribe to us, please, if you would. Leave us a rating, even if you like. Most importantly, share us around Mountaineer Nation as we continue to try and grow the podcast here. And that's about it. So for until next time, as always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz. For Stephen Vestal, and until next time, let's go, Mountaineers.